Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says, promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast, on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. Blue Wire. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. We have lots to discuss today. Since we last talked to you, of course, there have been numerous protests about around the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, and it is brought about a movement, I would say, and a movement in which we're seeing actual change. And it's an important time in our history. And I hope that we do see some real change. Uh, We've been posting about it quite a bit, sharing resources, and obviously making our feelings known. And, you know, before we we get into it, I just want to start by encouraging everybody to keep listening, keep educating yourselves, and keep doing what you can do to make change happen because I think this is a time where we can see some real change. Black lives matter and we need as a society, as a country, as a world to come together and make sure that we end police brutality and systemic racism and there's so much that we can do. So with that, Steph, um, there's a number of things for us to talk about. We've seen, obviously, this become a very big thing in the world of sports, which is understandable and makes a lot of sense. And we have much to discuss in that vein. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been something else to watch. You know, I, I know we've been big proponents of Colin Kaepernick and his ability to protest peacefully. And that wasn't taken very well in the sports realm, but, you know, we're seeing things really shift. Um, And it's interesting to me because we followed this for a very long time and you can kind of see what he was trying to tell us, you know, Mm -hmm. four years ago right now is that if you push people hard enough and long enough, you know, and forcefully enough, This is kind of what we get as a society. And I don't, I used to believe that it was sort of like, not my place. I I don't know. I'm being a little vulnerable here, but like not my place. Like it wasn't like I was going to stay in my lane because it didn't really involve me. And I didn't want to get in involved because I, I felt like I couldn't speak on the issue. It's not something I personally have, you know, been adversely affected by. And so but now I'm realizing, wait, this is my issue. This, these are, you know, this, this is my issue. Absolutely. And I need to speak up about it and I need to understand it and educate myself. And so that's something that I've really uh, tried to do, but it's been a process for me. And I feel like, you know, it, it, it's, this can, this process can continue, but it's, it's complicated it's you have to be vulnerable you have to accept you don't know it all and you have to listen and you have to listen and I think that's the thing that's so important you have to listen and you you have to speak up but you have to listen and that's incredibly important um you brought up Colin Kaepernick that is somebody anybody who's been listening to Steph and I for the last several years 
knows what big fans and supporters we are of Colin Kaepernick, how supportive we were of the kneeling. And I think obviously that's something that's very much been brought to the forefront these last couple of weeks. You know, LeBron James uh, early on posted something that I found so powerful, and it was a photo of uh, the officer with his knee on George Floyd's neck, which is so horrifying, next to a photo of Colin Kaepernick kneeling. And he said, now do you see why? And it's something, you know, along those lines, I'm not quoting it verbatim, but I found that so powerful. And it's something, as I said, that's really come to the forefront in a number of ways in the last several days. There's Drew Brees, which of course, that was a big story and a big issue in sports. And and he seems to have really turned the tide, so to speak. And then there was the story of how the players came to put together a video asking the NFL really to apologize. And it, it was such a powerful video, not just asking the NFL to apologize, but also just making clear the point and why the kneeling was so necessary. So I think Let's start, we'll go chronologically. Let's start with Drew Brees because I think that's a big part of how this came about. Uh, Drew Brees was interviewed last week by Yahoo Finance and they asked him about the kneeling and he said essentially that he would never support something that disrespected the flag and he talked about how his grandfather served in the military and it was a very uh, controversial and, you know, I think it's fair to say ignorant statement because the kneeling is not about the flag and he's had four years to learn that, but let's pretend, well, clearly not let's pretend he didn't learn that in the four years, (laughs) but you know, in the, in the few days, even before he said it, it had become such a thing. And and everybody really kind of acknowledged a lot, not everybody, but many a dissenter originally said, I get it now. And I see it wasn't about the flag and it created quite a backlash from his teammates, from players in the league. Malcolm Jenkins had a a very emotional video that he posted. You had Emmanuel Sanders just tweeting, he's ignorant. Uh, I think Michael Thomas, it was, I think, tweeted, he doesn't know better, um, who was really giving him the benefit of the doubt. And it was, you know, a very, very big deal. And, And I paused to say, like, Drew Brees, I don't think is a bad person. No. He's done a lot of good in New Orleans. But he was very ignorant on this topic. And through a number of discussions, I think, I think learned, I think um, he, you know, he came out with the first apology, which was, you know, had mixed reviews, so to speak. Pretty half-assed. I mean, and he doubled down that it was about, you know, the respect and you didn't understand because yeah. my grandfather and it was just his side. It was all about him and he wasn't taking into consideration anybody else or whose grandfather, you know, it may have served or whatever and or fathers, you know. So yeah. it, it it was just really tone deaf. I mean, and nobody's discounting his you know, relationship with the military or what the flag means to him or how he sees it. Like if it really bothers him, he shouldn't do it. But other people have a different feeling about that flag. You know, it evokes a different response. And I think that is what finally got through is nobody's discounting his feelings 
or what he feels is true or correct. Nobody ever has. But it means different things to different people and people have different experiences. And we have and to listen to them. Yes, and acknowledge that, that that's not what the kneeling is about and, uh, and acknowledge the issue behind the kneeling. It seemed like he just, that just went right over his head. Uh, so right. this continued, uh, he was called out by the president. The president said, I support Drew Brees. People shouldn't kneel. Drew Brees came back with a response to the president uh, that after many days of discussions and listening and learning, you know, he realizes his mistake. It's not about the flag. And so there was that. And I think, I think that final response kind of showed that, that Drew Brees had educated himself. Um, Or that he's willing to learn. I mean, nobody has this figured out in three days. I mean, that's the thing is that even if he's just now getting it, you know, I think of the, where I went, because I remember hearing All Lives Matter and being kind of like, yeah, they do, you know, and this Mm -hmm. was years ago, but I was kind of like, well, yeah, they do, but I didn't really, you know, it was a process, and I'm not saying that, like, we, if we're, if we really consider as white people, we have to kind of unlearn some stuff, and I really believe that, and there's things that I just, it was just, it's like we swim in the water and we know that there's water, but we don't know any different. So we've never had to experience it a different way. So for us, we have to educate ourselves and it's not an overnight process and it won't be for Drew Breeds. It won't be for the nation. It's, you know, everybody has a different timetable. What we can do is just commit to learning and trying to understand and, um, and educate ourselves and take that responsibility on ourselves. It's not their responsibility to teach us. We have to learn, figure out the issues and, and do this. And I think that it was a good step that Drew Brees took, but it's not something that's just going to be fixed overnight. And it's going to be a process. Well, I think you nailed it, that nobody's going to have this figured out in three days. And there's a lot of things to unlearn and a lot of things to learn. But I think that that, you know, that really did nail it. And <laughs> You know, I think on the idea of all lives matter. Yes, of course they do. But that's something I think it's taken people a long time to understand that, of of course they do. But right now it's black lives that are being sacrificed. Uh, and, and, And that's what the issue is. And I think that the, at least to me, the metaphors that people are saying that, you know, the idea that, um, and I may be getting this one wrong, but essentially like my house is on fire. We need to save my house. We need to save my house. Yeah, but your house right. isn't on fire. So <laughs> it's that idea. Um, and I think that's what's really important for everybody to see and understand. Well, yeah. Uh, so was Sorry, go ahead, Steph. No, I mean, I just, I think that that really is the crux of it. I mean, we all have issues. Like my son has autism and I like to on, on April 2nd is world autism day. And I like to just raise awareness about autism, you know? And I say, you know, this is what's really special about my boy on this day. Now, somebody were to say, well, all children matter. And this, why are you singling out just your child? You know, it kind of is like, well, you know, I just want one day, you know, I just want one day to just raise awareness. So they just want this movement to raise awareness about one race that's really had a hard time here. And we can't, 
you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. You know, they, they should be able to say that. And, and for so long, they've been pushed aside. It's, it's very demeaning. And I think, I hope people start to realize there's power in words and that, you know, we have to do more listening. We have to. Yes, we have to, we absolutely have to do more listening and more opening up of our minds and being willing to listen and take in and maybe not respond right away and really learn things because something that has happened in this country, which is unfortunate is it's I'm right. And I only want to, or this is my opinion. I only want to surround myself with people who believe my opinion. And I think on all sides, it's important to hear and listen. And that's how we learn. So you may you may be listening to this and, and say, well, I disagree, all lives matter, but I would encourage you on this or any issue, whoever you may be, to really listen, to really learn and think with it and maybe not respond right away and, yeah. and take some time to understand, um, you know, what is going on. I saw a post that said, you know, posting on social media, protesting, doing all these things publicly are fantastic, but the real work is going to be done in private. It's going to be done on your time and people aren't going to see that until the work comes out. And that's, that's where the real work is. And so to take that time to do that, I think is, is very important. Uh, So we saw something last week that I would say is a big deal. And I don't think it certainly does not fix everything. It certainly is not the end of a discussion, but I think it's the beginning of a discussion that wasn't happening before. And I think, Uh, I'm referring, of course, to the video from the players and the NFL's response. So uh, I read it in The Athletic. Steph, I'm sure you saw it too. I'm sure many of our listeners did. The story behind the video of several NFL players talking about protesting and the kneeling and Black Lives Matter. It's incredibly powerful. I mean, it really is an incredibly powerful video. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend that you watch it. It's on uh, Michael Thomas's Instagram. It's on a variety of players' Instagrams, but I know it's on Michael Thomas's and the NFL's response is on the NFL's Instagram and the NFL. I actually think both interv- uh, videos are on the NFL's Instagram and Twitter because they ended up retweeting it before their response and saying, players, we hear you. So, you know, the story was apparently a rogue. I'm using, taking the words right from the article, <laughs> NFL employee. Uh, reached out to Michael Thomas to create this video, and they did, and it features uh, Michael Thomas, Taryn Matthew, um, Patrick Mahomes, Ezekiel Elliott, a lot of players. I can't remember who else was in it, Steph. Do you remember the uh, – Mattel, and I have, to, I have to look, yeah. But, you, I mean, you nailed the big ones. Uh, and I think – I also felt like Patrick Mahomes really, to me, like – I mean, you have your Super Bowl champion and – MVP and he won MVP last year, right? Yeah. I can't remember anything now. It's, I mean, you realize that the end of the NFL season seems like 27 years ago, so it's hard for me to remember. Um, but I mean, that was a, that was really important. And I think it was a, a big part of what kind of, you know, drove this home for the NFL. But I think generally everything that's happened drove this home for the NFL. And they asked the NFL that to say that we, the national football league, um, we're sorry we didn't listen earlier. I mean, it was really, it was an incredible video. And so then the NFL, this was Thursday night, Friday, early evening, the NFL retweeted the video and said, players, we hear you. 
And then shortly thereafter was a response from Roger Goodell, who said all the things they wanted him to say, including, we're sorry we didn't listen. We're sorry we discouraged you from protesting peacefully, you know, several years ago. I know a big knock on the video was that he didn't specifically apologize to Colin Kaepernick, which he probably should have done. That being said, this is a big shift for the NFL. Oh, yeah. This was really the NFL taking a stand. It is certainly, like I said, the beginning of this conversation. It is not the end of the discussion. It's just the beginning. But I think we see a big shift here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's been talk. I mean, this is not like a new problem. I mean, there's, you know, the 70% of the players are Black players. And we know that, you know, so this is an issue that is real, that hits home, that has affected them, that has affected their family members, you know, and so this is something that, you know, you know, if if NFL is family, we have to start recognizing these issues affect us all. And really as a, you know, as a whole community, but like when you have players like Patrick Mahomes, you know, you you, you listen because, you know, it's not just about PR anymore because you have to consider both sides of it. I mean, they were so worried about how it might look, but the way that, you know, society is evolving, as it were, you might be on the wrong side of this thing. And you don't want to do that from a PR standpoint either. But I think that the idea is, is that we're learning here and that the NFL at least is learning and they're willing to admit a mistake, which I don't think I've ever seen, you know, to say we didn't do yeah. enough. And I, and I think that that's fair. Like, I, I don't think all the owners are bad. I just think that they were like, Oh man, I don't know if I want to deal with this. And it's not something they, nobody wants to deal with this from a business standpoint, but it's something we have to deal with. It, you know, it's not fun. It's challenging. It's something that, you know, it's going to make us very uncomfortable and it's a hard issue. So, and, and there's going to be tons of different opinions and fans, but it's just something that, you know, we've got to move through. And I, I'm kind of proud about the, the NFL, even though it wasn't enough, in my opinion, I'm, I'm glad that they made it because it's a step forward. It is definitely a step forward. I thought one of the most powerful things in the video is they, when uh, the players said, what's it going to take? for one of us to be killed by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? I am George Floyd. I am Breonna Taylor. I am Ahmaud Aubrey. I I think that really like, I think to me, if I were the NFL watching it, um, I think that would have been, and it was, it maybe if I were the NFL watching that video and it wasn't something that had kind of, I'm, I'm like almost thinking of like a light bulb literally going off above someone's head. That to me would have been like, Oh, yes. Right. You know, I think that's, that's huge. The NFL has a ton, a ton of work to do. And we heard from Kyle Shanahan last week who had a number of things to say and a number of really, you know, good things to say. And I know there's a knock there because, because of Kaepernick, I do believe that that was just a decision by the team with a new coach and a new GM and they made a decision they thought was best for the team and maybe it was best for everybody. But um, I thought he had a lot to say and I'm interested to hear, you know, what more coaches 
come out and say, but Kyle talked a lot about, and this is something I think many people have talked a lot about, is being out with his Black friends and the difference if they see a cop and what you have to be prepared for and what you think and things he wouldn't have to think about. And I just, I thought Kyle was great. And for those of you, if you didn't see that, I would uh, highly recommend you watch it. It's on 49ers.com. He did a 30 minute interview with the media last week. And he just had a lot of very interesting and I think enlightening things. Maybe enlightening isn't quite the right word, but I think he was very honest, which he has always been through his tenure. He's a very honest coach. and He's very honest with the media. But he was very honest and he was vulnerable. He was emotional. He was passionate. Uh, and I think it was it was great. And, you know, one of the things he pointed to is how are there only four black head coaches and two yeah. black GMs? I mean, that's and that's an excellent question. And to Kyle's credit, he has a very diverse coaching staff because I know there were a lot of people that were like, well, how many how many non-white coaches does Kyle have? Well, a lot, actually. So um, <laughs> and a woman and a woman and he talked about that you know and I have a woman and a lesbian and I mean he really like he's got quite a, a, a great coaching staff because he has a great staff and that's important but he also has a very diverse staff so I guess you could say he puts his money where his mouth is I don't know if that's quite the right term but I yeah. know that that was a, a pushback on social uh and there are you know uh quite a few we're gonna take a very quick break uh, here, and then we will continue this discussion and then also talk about uh, the potential return of some sports. So we will be right back with you while we hear from our sponsor. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. All right, Steph, did you want to talk at all about um, Kyle or, or anything else on this issue before we talk a little basketball? No, you know, I think that, um, I, I think that for us and, for non-black um, people and even if we're minorities in a different sense um, that it's just really important to advocate and do whatever we can do and, and learn. And I, you know, I, I have really committed to taking that responsibility myself and, you know, I know that I'm not going to say everything right. I'm not going to do everything right. And I don't think that the NFL is going to do that right. And every organization is going to do everything right, but we can start, we can start somewhere. And I think that's the important thing. It's okay to recognize, Hey, I, I didn't do everything right in the past, but I'm going to try now. And I think that that's where we need to go from here because the NFL clearly made mistakes. And even if it's your favorite team or not, or, you know, every single team did not sign Colin Kaepernick, every single team. Every, that's not, not as every. a backup. And even if, there was a football decision behind it. It's kind of moot at this point because, you know, it, it's you're complicit. This is, you know, the NFL is not just one team. It's, you know, it's all 32. So, like, it's, it's important to realize that, you know, they're all complicit. So, and there was an, un, like, there's no, nobody can convince me otherwise, but 
People thought they were going to lose season ticket holders. They felt like money, they put money over the cause. And I, and I do believe that. And while I, I can understand that, because they have a business to run, it's never too late to change. And I think that that's the important part. And instead of like shaming the organizations about what they haven't done, we should really just say, okay, start now, do now, like start now. I mean, this is not, you know, this can be a really powerful movement and really make lasting change, but we have to all buy into it and we have to forgive and we have to get through it. Now, I, I know I say that as a non-black person and obviously I, I can't speak for everyone, but I think it's important to recognize where people are trying, even if it's not exactly up to what it should be, but we just have to keep pushing and trying. And I, and I, I, I just, I, I feel really responsible and, you know, I, I, for the first time, I feel like it's hit me in ways that I never thought it would. And I thought I was this, you know, real woke person, you know, but I really mm-hmm. have a lot to learn. I have a ton to learn and I accept that. Um, you said this is a movement and there's a line from Hamilton that I actually, it's oddly enough, tweeted in 2016, I tweeted, or maybe it was 2017, but I have to go back and look, but tweeted, this is not a moment, it's a movement. And I remember, and it's a sign from Hamilton. And I remember getting a response from someone who said, it's not a movement. It's like one or two people kneeling. You don't disrespect <laughs> the flag. And maybe it was, it was the beginning of a movement. And now we are in the movement. So this is not a moment. It's a movement. And I'm sticking by that. And I believe that. And I think we just all need to make sure it stays that way. And, you know, that the the engagement doesn't drop off in the next several weeks and, and months and years. We've got to keep this going. I really believe that we will. I, re- I really, really do. And I, I don't think that's naivete. I really believe that we will keep this going and that we are going to see change. And I think we are at a very pivotal point in history. And, you know, we're going to not to be cheesy. We're going to be the change and <laughs> we're going to see the change. Um, and so I will say that I do have one question for you, Steph. I would love your opinion on this. I have thoughts too. Will Colin Kaepernick get signed? I, you know, I'd like to think so. I, I, I have some, I was able to talk to somebody in his camp and he is preparing to, um, you know, work like he is working right now as if he were going to be on a team in 2020. And it's, I, I don't know. I, I feel when I heard that, I was just, just sad, you know, like he's been unemployed for three years, you know, and mm-hmm. we don't even know if he can play. And I, because, and that has to impact him in some way that you have not been in the NFL for three years. And for people to say that it's been solely because, you know, of his play is, is ridiculous when you have all these other people that even a, in a backup role, you know, and there's just so much misinformation about it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope so. I hope, you know, that, but it it almost has to be created at this point. Like people have to want that change and find a place where he can be in because it's not going to be easy and you have to take a step up. 
and I, and I think about it, like I thought, well, maybe Minnesota would be a great landing spot for him with Kirk Cousins and, you know, have, you know, and, and the fact that Minnesota was where this all kind of erupted, that it could really be a building, you know, block for the society. I was thinking all these things, you know, but then it's like, but then you'd have the people that are like, oh, this is just a PR move. And I think, I just don't know. Like, I feel like the world is so volatile. You know, I don't have a good answer. Would I? Like, if I, you know, when I own my own NFL team, I have your NFL team. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely would make sure that Colin Kaepernick got a job. coming soon. Steph is going to have an NFL team. (laughs) But I don't, you know, I don't. But I mean, we can push, you know, that, that, that he does get hired. And I was thinking maybe there will be a movement on that. You know, maybe that's another thing, but it's certainly secondary to police officers killing, you know, black people at an alarming rate. But then at at the same time, you know, at at the same time, you know, man lost his job for taking a stand on a very important issue. And he'd certainly raised my awareness of it. So Mm -hmm. I hope so. I mean, I hope so. But I, the answer is, I don't know. I don't know what these teams will be willing to do. But I, but I do hope that teams at least can come to terms with, yeah, you know, we did this and this is why. I think that, it, I think that if they continue to deny that they're not blackballing him is a problem. I think, yes, I think that's true. I mean, I saw a thing this morning that, one of the Bears players said years ago, I guess in 2017, whether or not Kaepernick was being blackballed, and his response was, we signed Mike Glennon. <laughs> so right. I think there's that. You know, I would love to see him get a job or just a chance, you know, an opportunity, give him the chance to compete for a job. I, He probably is not going to be a starter at this point, but you you cannot convince me now, and you've never been able to convince me that he's not at least as good as the other 32 backups in the league. Like you just, you just can't convince me of that. Um, Even him having not played for all these years, or at least that he doesn't have the, he shouldn't have the opportunity to compete for a spot. So we'll see. And I think you're right. If if someone does sign him, they will say there, there are definitely people say this is a PR stunt by the same token you know, maybe it's not a PR set. Maybe it's, no, we want to give this guy a shot. He should have a shot and we'd like to give it to him. And I think that it's, you know, you know, yes, he stood up for what is right. And yes, Colin Kaepernick was really the first. I mean, I mean, let's be honest, like we haven't had an athlete like that, you know, like really take a political stance and or a human rights stance like that. For, he was certainly the first in that way in the NFL. I don't want to say he's the first because I know there have been well, yeah, yeah, yeah. many. But I'm saying like in our For me, like I've never seen anything like it. And, um, and, and you know, to me, it's not necessarily about the flag or what the, any of that, you know, any of that stuff. But, but, but to me, like he was willing to lose his job over that. And it was really telling, but this was his dream. You know, he wanted to play football. This was, can you imagine giving up your dream to, you know, to a Mm -hmm. cop? So I think that that's like what, 
um, you know, we have to just focus on like a kid lost his dream over it. And that's, I guess, what makes me sad about it. And I hope, I hope he has a shot at least to compete. I'm not saying he deserves, you know, to be starting, you know, week one or anything, but I mean, he deserves an opportunity. We can't deny a man an opportunity. I a hundred percent agree with that. I also would like to point out that um, my dogs have been quiet this entire podcast, but during this conversation, Cappy has taken this moment to start barking. So I just want to say that. Well, she is, she's, he's, uh, he is her namesake <laughs> so, or she is his namesake. I'm not sure how though. I guess she is his namesake, but, and for those who don't know, cause it is not something we've talked a lot about since fangirl playbook debuted in September. Um, in full disclosure, I am a huge fan of Colin Kaepernick and have been a huge fan of Colin Kaepernick a very long time, hence the dog Cappy. And it was because from early on, he's been incredibly involved in the community. Um, Earlier, a lot of people didn't know about it, but he has been incredibly involved in the community. And I always appreciated what he did on the field. And I always appreciated what he did off the field. So that is full disclosure on that. You are, and you are talking to two of the bigger (laughs) <laughs> Colin Kaepernick fans out there for sure. Okay, um, but I think Kaepernick stands here. <laughs> yes, we really are. And if, if a team does sign him, that will become my second favorite team, maybe even tied for first real fast. Yeah. Uh, so we, we have that. Um, we're going to switch gears uh, before we go, because we want to just talk a little bit about uh, the fact that we are potentially getting some sports back. It looks like the NBA will resume its season July 31st in Orlando with 22 teams. There is a lot of discussion about, is this entirely fair? Is it not fair? It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this works. Here's, here's the format. You have 22 teams. It'll be 13 Western Conference teams and nine Eastern Conference teams. They'll play eight regular season seeding games. And then there may be a playoff, play-in tournament for the eighth seed in the playoffs. <laughs> Um, and then it's all like so many things. Yeah. Then the top 16 will be, you know, play in the playoffs. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. So the regular season will be another 16 days with five to six games a day. Uh, it's just going to be very interesting. Everybody essentially going to be quarantined at the ESPN wild world of sports in Orlando uh, I think families, I don't think, can start coming until after the first round of playoffs. I may be wrong about that. It's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. And then all of a sudden, we have like, you know, there, of course, is the COVID issue. And if you're a top team with one of your top players, you know, if the star of your team gets COVID and he's out, I don't know, this is, it's going to be very interesting to see how this works. Uh, I think everyone will be watching very, very closely, but we will have some basketball back. I'm just, I'm very curious to see how, no pun intended, how this all plays out. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I feel like it's like a new age. I feel like it's like I've lived five years this year, you know, but just like, um, you know, it's a, it's a new age. I mean, it's, things are happening just so quickly, um, you know, from just everything right now, what, how we have to live from 
what the players and systemic issues and all these things are just like not easy subjects, you know, and sports has to kind of, you know, wave its way through. And it's just, it's interesting to see how it's happening. And even like the MLB, there's, they're struggling to figure out how they're going to do it because they can't have fans and different from the NF and NBA is that the fans really bring in a lot of money for the M- MLB. So you have all these different things and they're trying to balance it and you have unions involved. It's just incredibly complicated. And then also the safety of everyone so everybody's just trying to like wade through it at this point. And I think it's going to be a lot of like guess and check, you know, like, well, it, it definitely is. It, it definitely is. you know, there is a lot of question from people is will, if, you know, will it work? Will the NBA actually be able to finish the season? Because yeah. if, if one, one or two guys wrong. gets it and then one, you know, more then it becomes everybody, you know, becomes a whole thing. Um, it will be very interesting to see and it will go, you know, a, a few months in. And then of course there's all kinds of implications on drafts and starting the next season. And it's, it's just, it's going to be interesting. You know, I think the other thing teams will really have to worry about and pay attention to is like, these guys will not have played in months. I know. So there's a injury thing. I mean, well, like yeah. you got to, I mean, you know, all of a sudden injury, I mean, months, they stopped playing March 11th. They start again, July 31st. It's a very long time in yeah, between. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and not everybody in the NBA has like a LeBron setup in which he can <laughs> train. And so, you know, we'll see, but it, the thing with COVID of course is like anyone can get it. So We'll just see what happens. I'm I'm not being particularly eloquent here. I'm just very curious to see how this does play out and see what happens. And I hope I hope it works. I think it, it's a benefit for everybody. Obviously, if it works and if they can continue on and and finish out the season, and we'll see. And you know, I I think there are different views. Is there an asterisk on the season? You know, either way, I don't know, but. I also completely understand the players wanting to finish it out. And of course, as you said, there's, there's the business side of this. So we'll see over in major league baseball, they're (laughs) not, they don't seem to be quite as close to getting it done. Uh, I was telling Steph before we started and I know she saw on Twitter yesterday, my favorite tweet was from Chris Burke that said, I think the treaty of Versailles took less time to negotiate (laughs) um, baseball coming back. So you know, there, that's another complicated one. And we've talked, uh, I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about, you know, players and salaries and understanding there's a finite amount of time for them to make money. And, you know, how, no matter how much money it seems like an owner has, they don't just have like $300 million lying around, <laughs> you know, so there's, it's not like anybody is like, oh yeah, no problem. Let me just go pick that up for you. <laughs> so it is, it is complicated, but it's not a great look for Major League Baseball right now for them to be fighting like this over money. And it's also a bit of a missed, not even a bit, a missed opportunity for a sport whose fan base is certainly, uh, I'm going to say more mature than me, like on the whole uh, as other fan bases. That's a, that's my way of saying that. And (laughs) have had the opportunity to literally be the only game in town and really maybe broaden their fan base. And of course, um, 
they have not been able to do that because of all of the back and forth and the haggling. And I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. I mean, I'm hopeful. I remain hopeful. Um, but I mean, it's, I, I, I do feel like the balls in the owner's court. I mean, the, the players did offer, you know, to take cuts. I mm-hmm. mean, 50%. I mean, it's not like, you know, so I think it's, Obviously, nobody wants to lose money. Nobody, <laughs> but I mean, right. it could be potentially devastating for the sport if it doesn't resume. And I think that's what they have to think about. Like, they may have to take the hit now, but if it doesn't resume, it it could be devastating. So I'm hopeful. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of things you know um, that they can do, but you know, it, it's it's a battle. Everything's a battle these days. <laughs> so everything that's true so I I it's um you know it's it'll be interesting but you know I I I support I support both I I, you know teams resuming as soon as they can I know the Warriors are not in it and I'm kind of glad they're not in this mess right now (laughs) nobody but I'm but I but I understand that you know this is this was a season where you know, Warriors aren't in it. This was open for a lot of teams to get a title here. So I hear, I, I see it. I, I understand it. I, I feel for the fans. It's, it's tough. <laughs> it is. So we'll see. We will see what happens. I think we are prepared to see basketball come back July 31st. So that will be good. And we will, we'll hope for the best there. Um, obviously this week we did not talk about Friday night lights. There were many, many more important things to discuss Next week, our plan is to be back talking about it. Um, And I think one of the things that's great about Friday Night Lights, and of course, one of the reasons I think it really has always appealed to me and has now appealed to Steph, now that I've got her on this Friday Night Lights bandwagon, (laughs) is that a number of the issues we discussed today are issues on the show throughout all of the seasons. And it's interesting, too, because this show is in 2006. (laughs) So... And we see a lot of these issues, especially as the show goes on in future seasons. So we, our plan is to continue talking about that next week. Um, but we are very glad you joined us today. Steph, thank you for being vulnerable and, <laughs> and opening up. And, um, you know, it was, a, it, it was good to talk with you about all of this. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I, I care. I am plan to do more. And I hope, I hope people just all of the listeners and everybody that, you know, we come across just tries to do something, try to do more. If you can't do it financially, then do something else, you know, find something where you can be heard and seen and help. And I think that that's really something that we as a community need to really take the bulls by the horn. And we did put a number of resources actually on the Fangirl Sports Network Instagram. Uh, so please look at those. We did those last week. And if there's anything that you think we should be talking more about or, you know, sharing um, you know, via social media, via the pod or anywhere, please feel free to let us know. Uh, we're at Fangirl Sports on Twitter, at Fangirl Sports Network on Instagram. And uh, with that, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye.